You have landed on The Substance. I'm your host, Trevor Aiken, and I'm joined today with my two co-hosts, Vincent. Hey, what's up? And Philip. Hey, guys. And we have for you today... <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Some funny laughs from Philip. <laughs> no, I thought you were petering out and going to start over. I'm sorry. Do you know me some topic toss-up? Yeah, listeners seem to like those as well. It's nice to... I like doing the reflections. I love doing the books and the movies, but um, it's nice to be able to have a variety, cover a couple of different things, and then you never know what lands. I still think that we were saying earlier before we recorded, <laughs> I still think the most feedback we've ever gotten is still the participation trophy one. I think that was on our first one yeah. that really lodged in people's minds. So these are fun. It's good. Yeah. yeah. You keep the thoughts coming, keep sharing those and some more food for thought today as we jump into some stuff. It's been a heavy week. We're recording around election time. Yeah, it's election week. <laughs> so <laughs> still haven't uh, heard the final verdict yet. Yeah, hopefully by the time you're you're hearing this recording, <laughs> well, certainly seeing as how much we've recorded already. Yes. Yeah. No, I think it'll be totally good by then. So, um, but by the time you're hearing this, we'll have all settled into whatever reality is, and hopefully we are seeking to still advocate, love our neighbors, understand the people we disagree with, and honor the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of folks we disagree with, um, let's jump into our first topic tonight. Nailed it. Anyway. Yeah. I wasn't even setting up for that. <laughs> wanted to talk about some stuff that's being posted online about woke Christianity, specifically on how this idea that woke Christians ought to be Matthew 18 disciplined out of the church. So let's, yeah, let's talk about that for a second. I imagine most of the listeners who found us on Twitter and Instagram and things like that, have seen this stuff like Christians with platforms bemoaning woke Christianity as liberal, or uh, honestly, a lot of the stuff that we talked about in the White Too Long episode with Robert sure. P. Jones, like, yeah. oh, they're so political, they're so liberal, as right. opposed to actually engaging with whether these views of history and present-day realities have merit, yeah. as opposed to just labeling them things and then disregarding them. Sure. But the the Matthew 18 thing, that's a little bit newer. Yeah, and, and to, to be clear on this topic, too, like, one, I don't identify as woke. It's hilarious at, thing like, to say. I that, think it's a hilarious a weird, thing to have to say. Right. It's a weird title. I'm not woke. Terms can come and go. They're just cultural items. That's not the point, though. And that's not the point here. And honestly, even litigating the truth of different claims, what you think about social justice, things like that, like, I know that there's a diverse set of views on this podcast and, and our listeners about that as well. Um, and not everybody agrees with our take on that, and that's fine. But I think people should agree on what we're going to say about this. Because how, how would you define woke? Like, I'm sure most of the people have a vague idea, but like, what, what, what do we want to say woke is? I think it is an ambiguous concept for somebody who is aware of racial problems in America specifically, typically systemically. Right? They, they see it not at just as individuals may have bigoted thoughts, but like systems have problems. Mm-hmm. It's kind of has an interesting evolution. Think of like the last five years, people in the culture talking about like get woke, stay woke as a good thing. And then it pretty, I feel like far and away, vast majority of the percentage of the discourse on wokeness, it's like a derogatory term. Yeah. And I, the way I've seen woke within the black community mm-hmm. it was just waking other black people up to the the length of history that black people had because oftentimes especially in public school all we're taught is that the black history starts at slavery sure. and it ends somewhere around civil rights and then today right and so wokeness at least back then was more defined as individuals who wanted to wake you up as to the the depth and richness of black history that it went far beyond and way before slavery yeah. um and that you know has the potential to continue so just to just just to attest to That's the good. fact that it it is ambiguous cuz it's mm-hmm. taken so many different shapes yeah. over the years and could be very true for different groups of people or how how it's engaged yeah but predominantly now it's a bit of a boogeyman. Yeah. Well, and exactly. And that's the thing. So let's let's dive in here. So ultimately, a lot of articles getting written by Owen Strand, a Midwestern prof that we know. I know that he's a he's a good guy. Like I know that he loves the church. And so 
it is disappointing and confusing to see some of this stuff mm. come out. And, and I could be reading this wrong, and I, I really hope to be correct on this, but, but the plain reading of what is being said to me... The tweets and the articles is, and the lectures. If yeah. you have a historical understanding that America is, has, has white supremacy in its past and, and that affects today, if you have a policy understanding that businesses should hire diversely should take, for example, affirmative action to make sure that that happens and those kind of things, that those historical opinions and policy opinions are sinful and ought to be uh, confronted as sin by the church. And if you are unrepentant, in other words, you don't change your mind, you should be put out of the church like an unbeliever. And I think that that is Hmm. harmful and evil, honestly, for two reasons. One, it is dividing. It is making the church divisive. It is putting a sword in the hand of the people who would want to have a biblical justification for divisiveness. And the second thing is that because Matthew 18 says, treat them like a tax collector, right? Treat them like an unbeliever at the end. If we are doing that over history opinions and policy opinions, we are adding to the gospel. And so that's unacceptable, ultimately. And you don't have to have that opinion, that history opinion that I have about white supremacy, those kind of things. You don't even have to agree on that to look at this and say, this is divisive and this is adding to the gospel. And the thing is, ultimately, when it comes to being woke, the reality is, like when I think about myself and the things that I've come to and the things that I've learned, I'm not doing this because it's popular. I'm not doing this because it's fun. You think it's fun to go to a Christian school and have a great time and have great memories there and then learn later that you were taught lies all in history class? You think it's fun to leave your church and have to like deal with the fact that people don't understand the, the ways that they're harming people around them? Like, Do you think it's fun to have the opinion that your faith tradition, like we talked about in the Robert B. Jones episode, is really fraught with issues? And to have to wrestle with that and to still keep your faith and still believe that Christ is everything and that Christ is the one to be followed and believed. And you think that we're just doing this because it's popular when we get deplatformed from different things oh, like and we woke, get shut down. Like people yeah. doing it, like they, the, the critics of wokeness are like, well, they're just jumping on the, right. like they're stupid the stupid tweets. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I like, are you like, kidding? Yeah. You're just trying to cater to like yeah. the I just liberal want, I just crowd. want, if anybody has that idea in your mind, no, this is not fun. This sucks. The truth is hard. And sure. if it, if I had another option to believe something different, I would. But here's the thing. I don't expect everyone to agree with me. I have empathy for that. I understand that. I get that people have different perspectives on the world. They're taking in different data. They're hearing different voices. It's not that I think truth's relative. I don't. I think it's very clear. But it is not a biblical issue. And if we can have people who can come together on doctrinal stuff, like, for example, even interpretations of divorce, remarriage, and things like that. I have a professor in seminary. He had a different take on divorce, remarriage than the elders at his church. That was a different biblical interpretation of Matthew 19, Matthew 5, Matthew 5. And they had to decide whether it was sin or not sin for people to act. They had different opinions on that, and they were able to work together and to cover it in grace. And, you're, and so what we're hearing here is that we can't cover in grace this historical assessment. Your understanding of history. Yeah. What, what in the world? Because we do, we do this all the time as churches, as believers, as families sometimes, and friends. Like, unity and uniformity are not the same. And when you try to push uniformity, you have false unity right. or it, it dissolves. Because no, you can't have, we all have to agree on every single point or else we're going to start Matthew 18. And by Matthew 18... We mean church discipline. You talked about this is another maybe like <sighs> yeah. churchianity word here. Yeah, it is. So ultimately, I mean, some people say excommunication, and honestly, like the Matthew eighteen process says, come alongside, and it should be a process of care. It's hard to see this as anything other than beating down on somebody's conscience and trying to bludgeon their conscience yeah. into thinking the same way you do on an extra biblical issue, rather than 
appealing to their conscience or coming alongside in them and listening and caring about them. And that's not what Matthew 18 is about either, by the no, way. It, it is the process of Matthew 18 done well should lead to spiritual restoration with God and with your fellow brothers. So by invoking Matthew 18 into the discussion of historical understanding and like social policies, you're saying that in order to be right with God, like you need to align with these political social policies and like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the MacArthur thing coming out saying, yeah, God is a Republican. And if you're not, maybe you're not a true believer. But right. like to another level, right? Because yeah. it's one thing to just say that, like, this is my opinion on these things. Like, and we gave him pushback as well, because that was also not an appeal to conscience. It was also beating down conscience. But this is actually advocating for church leaders to exercise their thor- their authority to kick people out of their community for political who compliance, have different ex- like extra biblical ideas. All right, like now, think about that for a second. Uh, so you guys know I'm I'm usually the dis- the dissenter. So what do you say to the person? Get some devil's who, advocate merch, right? <laughs> uh, so what do you say to the individual who comes to you and says, "Okay, so maybe it is wrong that." <laughs> A person is uh, maybe, it maybe is wrong. this is evil and divisive yeah. and adding to the gospel. Sure. But, but maybe it's what, bad what to if abuse the opposition, the opposition that they are facing is one of individuals who are who are saying that they're Christian, let's say, mm-hmm. and they're advocating for wokeness, and they're saying that they're making it a gospel issue. And so now they're coming and saying, if you don't agree that racism is system, systemic. Or if you don't believe in the uh, institutional racism, or if you believe in in being involved at least in a relative sense with BLM or just kind of social advocacy, mm-hmm. then you're not a Christian. So if they're the people who are Christians advocating for wokeness are equating the issues of racism as a well, point of sin that you can then be like you can so have the proclamation of anathema a, there's a difference in my experience the the line of thinking is the jamar tisby's mm-hmm. the the Anne campaign fellas yeah robert p jones the idea of trying to appeal to conscience try to appeal to reason try to appeal to history mm-hmm. is to edify yeah it is to be like Hey, there are some things, brothers and sisters, that seem to just be objectively true that you seem to be unaware of, and we would like to plead a case with you. There, there is a sense where complicity, like ignorant complicity in like a white supremacist system, you could say is sinful, but like we all sin all the time. Nobody is saying like you need to repent or else you should be put out of your church. And and to make an analogy too, mm-hmm. think about it in terms of like a charismatic church versus cessationist church, sure. okay? Now, if you have a charismatic brother coming and hanging out in a cessationist church, mm-hmm. that charismatic brother is going to feel like they, they want to practice their worship in a certain kind of way sure. that is not going to be practiced or like or welcomed really by that church culture or that leadership. Yeah. Conversely, if you have a cessationist brother who's in a charismatic church, he might be asked or encouraged to perform and worship in a certain way that is not really in line with his conscience, right? Mm-hmm. But what we wouldn't want to see happen in either church is the church to put that person out as an unbeliever, right? Right? Listen, it's good that we have different denominations. That's fine. It's fine that not every church agrees on social justice and how they should practice that as a church, how they should do small groups, how they should be involved in community, all those different things. That's okay. That's just called the way that Christians practice their Christianity sometimes look different. Yeah. And there's grace for that. There's covering for that. That's why we have denominations. But we don't disfellowship people and call them an unbeliever if they're not if, if it's not because they are holding on to what Scripture says clearly is sin, or they are holding on to things that are heretical doctrines in the gospel. And here's the thing. You might think that, oh, 
believing this kind of thing. Oh, that's just antithetical to the gospel. It's a, but you are strawmanning people into a thing that doesn't exist. People are just looking at history and ultimately, yeah, if somebody re- rejects gospel tenets, put them out of the church for rejecting gospel tenets. Sure. Yeah. But if they just have an opinion about, hey, I'm reading, I'm reading Eric Foner on the Reconstruction era, and it looks like we've it's been through this bad. before. <laughs> yeah. And it looks really bad, and it looks like we led coups against duly elected governments because they were black, and then for 200 years called that a great heroic stand against the black insurrection and taught kids in school that that was that. And then I see someone writing a post that says, if we teach that history, that's a re-education, an evil re-education of kids instead of what it actually is. A education based on primary sources that were ignored for a hundred years because it wasn't convenient to an ideology. Yeah. And so that's where it's like, even if you disagree on that, these questions are not questions that believers can't come together and say, listen, brothers, well, like at our church, Phil, It's an excuse not like to have a discussion. at our church, we have different political viewpoints and backgrounds. Sure. But like, if, if we took this teaching, and this is what this is, this is, a, this is a professor trying to say this is a biblical teaching. If we took this teaching, we applied it, then we would have to either discipline out of our church all the Republicans or all the Democrats. That's not the reality. We can be together. We, we can be. have these different views and love each other and have discussions. And that's the way forward. Divisiveness is not the way forward. Adding to the gospel is not the way forward. Yeah. And I hope that no matter what you think about these other issues, I hope you stick around and listen. But I hope no matter what you think about that, you can agree on that point. Because I think that is clear biblically. Sure. And I agree. I I can understand an individual seeking to, even whether it's evil and sinful and divisive, maybe in the initial um, pursuit of that thought process is like, well, I'm trying to or desire to protect the church because the church could could very well maybe they see a risk or something that could affect the health of the body of Christ. And so for that, I can say, at least for the starting point, amen. But like you said, if it gets to this point where we are saying anything but what the Bible explicitly says is the is is sin, yeah, then we are moving in a dangerous territory where even in our efforts to try to quote unquote protect the church, we're actually damaging it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent like Matthew sixteen, Christ says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Christ says powerfully that that is in his hands, and it is our job simply, like you said, to be faithful, to stay within the pages of Scripture. And and, and beyond that, for these historical questions, for these policy questions that are complex, mm-hmm. and some people can use, ah, it's complex, complex as an excuse to not do it, but no, like, it's complex, so let's be open to legitimately considering various things based on their merit, not based on, like, scary labels we give them so that we don't have to consider whether or not there's any truth to it. Yeah, and and I mean, let's bring these discussions in the church. Amen. Like, bring your, your arguments. Bring your understandings. Bring your historical sources. Let's talk it out. These should be things that believers actually engage in, yeah. And I think it, it, the a uh, great reason why we need to be having these conversations in the church because it forces us to continue to ask this question: What's the church's role? Because mm-hmm. we, regardless, there's an issue. Yeah. We're not, there's not hundreds of thousands of people just faking it because it's the you know 2020 was the year we planned to tell everybody about <laughs> racism. It's, yeah. that that's not what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> since that's uh, since that's not what happened it's like what's the church's role because of god we, we say we said this all the time god cares about justice on this side of heaven mm-hmm. and so if he does what's our role what do we do what's our responsibility in order to love god well and love others well well christ said blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of god 
And sometimes making peace is hard. Sometimes making peace takes effort, and sometimes making peace takes something like this, where we're going to look at something, and we're going to say, hey, this is wrong. Yeah. This is divisive. We need to stop this. And I'd say to the other thing, for folks who do, in their conscience, they do feel like, you know, I feel this pressure of divisiveness coming against me that is trying to bludgeon my conscience into a place that I can't stand before Christ and say, that's where I'm at, right? If somebody was trying to make me say, oh yeah, like, America was never white supremacist, I, I couldn't stand before Christ and think that faithfully, because ultimately, like, that is the thing that I'm convicted of, and I, that is the thing that I think is right. And I couldn't just abandon that just because somebody else says so. And, you know, it would take needing to be convinced, honestly, from, from evidence, and it would be tough because there's seen a lot of evidence in the other direction. Yeah. And ultimately, I understand that I'm going to be judged by my master Jesus Christ on the last day, not by anybody else. And they are too. Owen will be too. He will answer for this. I will answer for this moment on this podcast. And that's the thing that needs to guide us. And so Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness because the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. And so if you are being persecuted for these views, hold the faith. Keep it where, where your conscience is clean before Jesus Christ because he's the one who will vindicate you and he's the one who is able to make you stand. Whew. Amen. A little bit of light fare today, huh? I yeah, know. just the lights up. Whew. We'll take a breather with us, just for a second. And Phil, what uh, do you have for us today, man? So the next one on the list here for our topic toss-up is an article found on TGC. It was every now and then, like, I like doing big ones. Uh, we like doing small ones. Every now and then, just an article will pop out in the Christian world. Like, that's an interesting headline. So uh, October 26th uh, this year... Uh, it's called Joe Rogan's Example for Believers. Like, all right, that's interesting. We have mm. a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Rogan has like the biggest podcast on the planet. Truth. Recently, um, got like a hundred million dollar on Spotify. Pretty insanely. Congrats, Sheesh. Joe. Uh, Spotify. If you want to throw, like, <laughs> I don't know, uh, one one thousandth of that cash our way. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, call cash our out promotions do- dollar sign dollar the substance. So I thought it was interesting. It gave it a quick little read. I was like, okay, cool. Like, pretty simple. Basically, the article itself. And I think there are, there's a couple things in the article I think are worth discussing. But also, some of the activity around it I found to be interesting, too. Essentially, it, it's not a terribly deep article. It's, it's no. not, not to be Isn't um, it basically derogatory. just like, yo, he listens to people. Yeah. Um, one of the headings towards the end says, Lessons for Christians, Hospitality and Courage. Yeah. Basically. Amen. He has three-hour-long, two-and-a-half, three-hour-long conversations with folks. He makes them feel comfortable. He makes them feel heard. He shows genuine interest in them. Mm-hmm. And he pushes back. He has questions. He is interested in truth to whatever, to, to his understanding of it, and ideas. And he respects folks. Yeah. That's a good thing for Christians to do. Sure. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's, that sounds like a biblical idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not a uh, an earth shattering premise. It's not terribly exegetical, but like it's a it's a thing of the day. Most people in the world of reading blogs and tweets, they know who Joe Rogan is. He's like, hey, this thing about him, that's worth. Um, yeah, and he's cautious too to say like, listen, his stuff isn't for everybody. He's uh, not. A it's Christian. a gal who wrote this article. Yes, sorry, Beth Smith. Beth Smith. Yes. The, uh, you no, know, she, she points out name to Google in the world. Right? Yeah, very <laughs> challenging. I tried to look her up not, and see if she has a social media presence. There's a Beth Smith or two out there. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, she obviously um, hedges that. Obviously, Joe Rogan. He's a stand-up. He's a television personality. He's not saying, "Hey, Joe Rogan, he's the guy that you should like model your Christian yeah, life after." Right. Joe Rogan, Christian man, right. is that, not the point. That was of not the point of the article. That's not Follow the takeaway. Oh but in kind of looking at to see if I could find her writing, see if there's anything else out there on Twitter, I found TGC sharing this, and then uh, most of the replies were from Christians. Um, basically just kind of lamenting how apostate and worldly and pandering TGC has become to possibly put up such a person like Joe Rogan as like a pinnacle for blah, 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 when really appeared that most people didn't read the article. So I just thought that that was interesting. You know how like, was it in Isaiah? 
Jesus said, oh, no, it's in, it's in uh, Malachi, whenever um, the Lord says, y'all, I just wish y'all would shut the gates. I wonder if he feels that about Christian Twitter sometimes. <laughs> like, I wish you would just delete the app. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Yeah. Close it down. Just... Yeah, the heresy hunters are never, never get tired, it seems like. And that's fine, in a way, I guess. But stick to, stick to what you do well. Because I, I know some ministries who, who take some time to sit down and say, hey, this person or this preacher or pastor said X, Y, and Z, and compared to the plain reading of scripture, that's wrong. See the last 20 minutes of this podcast you just listened exactly. to. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's, it's like... Not a bad, discernment it's is not, not a bad thing exactly. to do in public. It's not a bad thing, but it's hard to understand what the motivation is. People are to- tribal. People like enemies. People like having enemies so that they can beat the enemies and be victorious over the enemies. Or feel better about themselves. I feel like our take on this stuff is, we've had this take before, but just like social media, folks need to exercise more discernment on that. Mm -hmm. Save the hot takes for your top five hip hop stars or your movie, your favorite movies of the year. Like hot takes and theology should not. And Joe Rogan's not my favorite. Like I don't like his podcast, but like that's not because I think anything evil or or like oh you can't touch that he, because that's he's an unsaved like, man yeah I he's, just, he's a successful unsaved yeah. man there are things in his life the yeah. article was like hey he shows empathy like he has Here's empathy for qualities. his guests he has humility he doesn't pretend to be an expert he's a things and he's not really something that christians could like do, yeah. do good to, to model that yep. uh he shows interest in See people he's hospitable again. like and these are just things that are good. That's all the article was saying. No. And, and, I mean, you think about it, you're running a site, Gospel Coalition site, Joe Rogan. It's got a huge presence. Like That Joe you, Rogan's you, so hot you, right now. You write an article about Joe Rogan that's emphasizing the values of hospitality and empathy and listening. Like That's probably going to get seen by more people than probably some of your other articles on your website. Yeah, folks will click on it. Right. Yeah. And that's not bad. Like, that's kind of what that's kind of what they have to do as a website. So and, oh, from a, so it, and also here? like that's a conversation that we would have with each other. Be like, hey, you hear Joe Rogan, he got a hundred million Spotify deal. Why? Like what's what's the worth of this guy? Well, like here are some good qualities about him. Yeah. That's it. Not every article has to be yeah. like, man, this is my treatise on the doctrine of the Trinity. Like, yeah. not every article or blog needs to be, like, like crazy deep. And it's yeah. asking the question is, regardless of who it's coming from, is what's being said true? At the end of the day, is sure. it good to be empathetic? Is it good to be hospitable? Yep. Is it good to show interest when people are speaking to you? I mean, why? Why are we getting up in arms for things that we know are objectively good things and things that we should be well representing as individuals who understand the objective truth of God? Because it makes me feel good about myself when I say, hey, you're you're bad. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's some some listeners to this podcast who listen to Joe Rogan stuff. Sure. I mean, Joe Rogan's podcast, as we mentioned, crazy, stupid, long. But I mean, why is it so long, though? Can we talk about that for a second? Homie is having fun. He is doing what he wants to do, and he's having fun. That's it. How does he have so? Like, I don't understand how he has so many listeners. Does everybody literally listen to all three hours? This like he's not even that well informed. Like he's literally no, he's, just he's got there a guy who pays asking like, questions. Jamie's on on the Google all the time, being like, "No, here's the real thing," and that's fine. So like. He is a guy like he has built his life and business around hanging out with his friends, and I think that's kind of cool. Like, literally, it's like if we hung out all day, recorded everything, and then he makes hundreds of millions of dollars eventually because people are interested in what he has to say. I know because he's a music like I guarantee I, you, if someone hung out with me all day and just recorded it <laughs> and put it out online, <laughs> you, it you're saying have, you would not have a hundred. Oh, I think it said like. He gets nearly 200 million downloads a month. Like maybe my mom would listen to it. Maybe. <laughs> mom, like I love you. Hour. Yeah, maybe. For, <laughs> she'd probably jump in every now and then just to, just to see what was up. Well, I mean, I like his show sometimes. Like, if I, I, I think I'm subscribed, 
but it does it, it fills my phone with all the crap because every episode's a hundred yeah. hours um i only listen to the ones where the the personalities interest me like the mm-hmm. person he has on if Same. they're a a writer, a researcher, an entertainer, director, whatever. If they're a person who is interesting, I will sometimes check it out. Like, he has a lot of repeat guests, too, because a lot of them, like, they're his buddies, and they chat for three hours, and if you're into that, it's entertaining. Yeah. But, um... Well, it's very purposeful, right? Like, he he is very decidedly, like, I like unedited. Like, I think that's the wave of the future is just raw, uncut audio. And I'm not on that train. I th- I think editing actually serves a really great purpose. I think editing's very good. Yeah, sure. but also pragmatically, the man is doing all right with his model. Oh, no, yeah. he's he is definitely winning. I guess. But all that to say, the <laughs> he's got a guy on Google. He's got a producer that like is fact checking him a lot of times. I I do think it is interesting and something that we should be doing. Like he respects expertise. Basically, right. I I do think. Uh, in biblical language, humility. I, I think that is a good thing that we would yeah. all be benefited from exercising. Yeah, and ultimately, I think the the good thing about this, and Christian believer who's upset about that article, take a time to think about five things in your life that you believe or hold to that it does not come from a Christian well, or a Christian source about that article, or a Bible. Have you read it? That's that's a good place to start. Right. True. Because ultimately, it's, it, I, I think it just gets a little inconsistent. And then it's just, and like you said, I think it's probably just an exercise of, oh, well, uh, Joe Rogan's not a Christian. Did he convert? No, he didn't convert. A Christian website's talking about an unconverted person? Positively? Anathema. It's like, cursed. It's like, come on, please. Well, and that's kind of the, the final portion of this is like, to what degree is it appropriate, do we think, to um, admire unsaved folks for the good things that they demonstrate or do i think that in some degrees like a person who is humble and who wants to do excellently for the lord in all of their life is a learner and in some sense a serious christian person will see that and will gravitate to that and will use that in a way that unsaved person is not using for the Lord, they're going to take that and they're going to try to apply that to the glory of God and, and in their lives and how they're serving um, the brothers and serving yeah. serving their fellow man. So. Absolutely. I think you can find yourself, as a believer, just having more joy. Like, I can hear a scientist tell me something that's very truthful and scientific, mm-hmm. and they're not a Christian. And it's like, all right, and I can have more joy in that information because I know where that source of truth comes from. Yeah. And so I don't have to dismiss the person, oh, well, a Christian scientist, you know, not the Christian science religion, <laughs> but a scientist who is a Christian didn't tell me, so the science and the fact and the truth of that is incorrect. No, we don't live like that. Right. And, and, and if we suggested it, we would be called ridiculous, and we know it. And so it's like, Okay, it's fine. I, I can I can celebrate even more in that truth or those truths because I know where that truth, that source of truth comes from. Mm-hmm. And so I can say, thank you, Lord, for this discovery yeah. because you led and guided and gave wisdom and, and grace for this thing to be known. Yeah. So we're saying it's not good to just wall ourselves off and be like, there are some people we shouldn't interact with or learn from. Oh. Man, I literally had like a worship experience like that in like biology class in my public university that I went to uh, for undergrad. And it was like learning about pH balance, different stuff that the Lord put in your body to keep you alive. And it's like, dude, that's that's dope. Like the Lord thought of that. That's amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting there like praising the Lord. Obviously, the professor doesn't know what's up like, but that doesn't stop me from, you know, having a worship experience in the moment. Now, there are some people who are Christian and non-Christian who say and do things that are just not good and you shouldn't listen to. So (laughs) it's not to say we don't have discernment. So so our take is that there's evil in the world. Amen. That's that's pretty hot. Go on. (laughs) I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, man. Speaking about evil in the world, and there's some people trying to burn down Christmas. Wow. <laughs> so, um I think, you know, uh we we get to this so we're we're approaching Christmas season. 
and some people would consider it that we're already in Christmas season. Um, dude, in 2020, for sure. Dude, day after Halloween, it's Christmas season. Right. Let's get marim soup. November 1st, it's dude, we Christmas. Yeah, so um, so just a little context really quickly. I grew up in a church that didn't celebrate any holidays, um, especially Christmas. Um, especially uh, Christmas? Oh, well, I mean, kind of. Vince is leading the war. On Christmas, <laughs> not, so what, not not even. So this is like first church of Ebenezer Scrooge. Or uh, what? <laughs> I'm not sending uh, this to anybody that goes there. No, you're already subscribed, my dude. <laughs> so yeah, so I I grew up not celebrating any of those holidays often because it was all of the all holidays were seen as kind of uh, carnal, I guess, mm. uh, in nature innately. And so growing up. Long story short, I got to this point of what I would say freedom to be able to use discernment hmm. and allow the Lord to lead and guide my conscience. What's think, the turning point for you? The turning point was I did a lot of research for a couple, for a few years because I was I was kind of bothered by it, mm-hmm. and then I started dating. I I was dating my wife at the time. We were having discussions on it, and she grew up in a family where they did celebrate it. And so it was coming back to a head, and I needed to do more research. And because what I did in charge of that home, yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, I I don't want to. I didn't want to violate my conscience because I knew that I at at that point wasn't comfortable. Mm -hmm. But I I had like had a couple facts about you know jeremiah 10 and saturnalia and i was like well case closed yep but then i'm entering back into this area where it's like it needs to be more considered and i i need to do well to actually look into this yes and as i continue to dig and dig i'm like i don't think i have a case to not celebrate and so it took a little bit of weaning over time because i was uncomfortable and i didn't really know how it worked because i had never celebrated in 20 some odd (laughs) years of life and so uh but eventually you know it started working in there and i'm like okay this is there's nothing wrong with understanding that the second person of the trinity came to earth in order like you said phil to do the gospel mm-hmm. and We're celebrating so, the incarnation that's it that's like, it that's an, that's an incredible we've thing just to celebrate decided that this is the time of year that we do that so maybe i'll be the devil's advocate this time okay so so yeah, like Christ was Christ was born and the church though like when they decided to start like the celebration as it is now mm-hmm. kind of has this origin it is said that was kind of based in Saturnalia mm-hmm. like the whole trees thing is maybe druidic and all that kind of stuff. So so what would you say to those are those things true and does it matter? So yeah, so for those two questions graciously as graciously as the Lord would lead me and please, please lead me. I would say they're wrong. Hmm. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I, I would say the conclusion of that, though it can be convincing in how it's presented, mm-hmm. the internet is the only thing that keeps this alive, <laughs> to be honest. Well, Let's dunk it on the internet today, man. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. But I would say, I would say that the information that is presented um, about the histories, about the origin, though there are some uh, some relative, and I would I would really accentuate on relative mm. parallels to other religious celebrations. Yeah, they they aren't Christmas at the end right. of the day. Right. Um, does it matter? I was gonna um, say, let's say let's say it did. Yeah, yeah that's at the, the end of the day, question. we get to this, ultimately, we get to this point, Christian liberty. What does God allow us to do? And so we, we go back to Romans 14. Ultimately, it's saying, like, like you said in, uh, in our first topic, Christ is our final judge. Yeah. And that's what Romans 14 says. That's you right. person, other Christian, yep. you are not the master I was to, of yep. another person. That's right. Christ is their master. Are you eating holidays sacrificed to idols? Right, right. Exactly. This, and that's the argument that's being made. It says if a person esteems a day more than another, both parties in this scenario that is being laid out in Romans 14, both people are seeking to honor God. That's right. And so if the person who is abstaining, if you're hearing this and you know you don't celebrate Christmas... Mm-hmm. Don't amen. beat someone over the head and take them yeah. to Christmas Eve service with right. you. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. If, you're, if you say it's no it command is in scripture says best, you have to celebrate Christmas. Right. Yeah. If you feel that you best honor God by not celebrating it, I say mm-hmm. amen. That's right. And if you're you feel that, that you best honor God 
by celebrating it, yeah. I say amen. There's no command in Scripture against celebrating Christmas. Exactly. And so, again, That's we get to this thing. Issue. It's like we, a lot of families have a lot of dysfunction. Like natural families have a lot of dysfunction. But True. the Christian family, though we are humans, we are humans led by the Holy Spirit. So I mm-hmm. hope that at some point we start to not emulate this, this family that is not guided by divine truth. Mm-hmm. but that we would seek to honor and love and, and outdo each other, like Scripture says, in, in honoring each other. Like Vince said earlier, you can go back, you can do the research. This really isn't. It, it, really, it, it really does root all the way back to church tradition from the earliest times that this started to be celebrated. Yeah. And no matter what the tradition is, like even Christmas tree, I know like Christmas trees all the time like, is hey, cited. Like materialism is bad. Okay, fine. Like, yeah. you don't have to do Christmas like the average American unbeliever, but, like, to yeah. say that Christmas is wicked is yeah. ill-informed. Weak. Well, and I, think that, and I think that what Vince is showing, too, in, in that story, which is really helpful, is the fact that if we are patient with one another and if you seek out facts, like, if your conscience hey. is trying to deal with an issue... You can change your mind on something. There is a there is a good way for a believer to be persuaded on something. You know, where where at one point their conscience feels like I can't do this. There is actually a good way and a healthy way for them to eventually get to the point where they're okay in their conscience to do that. That's not that's not sin. That's not wrong. If they are doing that faithfully by working out the issues, trying to understand. That's why on this podcast we appeal to people's conscience, right, on certain issues. We know that not everybody's where they're at, but it's not because we're saying that there isn't absolute truth there. We just know that the faithful way is to leave it in the hands of Christ, be patient, not bludgeon people, but invite them into a conversation, right. into thinking, into considering things, to put facts in front of someone's eyes and mind so that if the Lord wills and if, and if ultimately they engage meaningfully in that, that some folks' consciences might be persuaded. Yeah, that's the goal, yeah. And that's what it's about. And so we we are thankful for everybody who is here along for the ride, and whether you celebrate Christmas or not... Um, <laughs> man, maybe maybe let us know if if you're sure. if you're out there. Or and, holidays in general, like every yeah. holiday, like we just before Christmas, we just finished up Halloween. That's always a toss up for folks. Like, yeah, Halloween. I feel like is is a is a, a definitely a different tier for people. Like, for sure. there's a lot more yeah. folks. I feel like who no, are for like sure. iffy on the Halloween issue than the it's Reformation yeah. Day or Fall Festival, right? Yeah, exactly. That's Still have the saying. fun, but avoid the. The, uh, there's not the death side and skeletons looks for, and ghosts and people who don't uh, like yeah, it. Yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Shout! We should have a segment like a little like, like a little uh, like We're, music cue. Substance shout out! Substance shout out! Substance shout out! There we go. All right. So my substance shout out this week is um, the music group uh, or the music pair, um, Shane and Shane. Um, Lots of, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people know. I'm sorry, the way you said music group just made me think of like Backstreet Boys or something. <laughs> but then like transposed like Shane and Shane. Oh, on it. <laughs> and I was just, I was really enjoying that mental image for a minute. Anyway, sorry, I'm stopping on your shout out. No, you're good. Um, so Shane and Shane, um, I have really been enjoying a lot of their older music. Um, a lot of the music that they have done. Um, like the hymns volume one, sure. um, that one's honestly, I've just been looking for some encouraging music and kind of went through my, my mental Rolodex. And I've seen a lot of people post about hymns lately. Yeah. I feel like it's a handful been of people. really, really, really encouraging. Um, it's a good time. And they do have a new album out. Um, it's called the worship initiative. Um, this volume one and it, it released mm. this year. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, I don't think I heard that. Sorry, sorry, volume 22. My bad. That's Um, a difference. (laughs) Volume 22? 22. That escalated quickly. What? Um, (laughs) And that released this year, so... Um, I'm catching up to do. <laughs> yeah, so if you if you have a chance, definitely check out Shane and Shane. In, really, anything that they have, um, I think will truly be a blessing to you guys. Nice. I'm falling 22. I'm waffling on my shout-out, man. I think 
so there's this album that I was listening to, and it's just like some choral music, and it's really relaxing. And I listen to it when I get some work done. I thought you were literally about to play it right now as we were recording. What is what it? If I, what if I did? I don't know. It's kind of like that. Like siren music? Siren music. That's not siren <laughs> music. to crash the ship. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the album title is Enchanted Isle. I don't know how to pronounce the name of the band. It's It looks like it's spelled Voices, like Voices Without the I. Eight. This is Phil's favorite shout out of so all time. Good. It's so good. <laughs> I like this album. I don't know. It's from twenty. How did you find out about this? I I play Spotify? this. I play this radio station on Apple Music occasionally, and every time their stuff comes up, I just really love it. It's just very calming, and um, it's. I think it's technically a, a good portion of it. Probably not all of it, but a good portion of it is Christian. Like Agnew's Day is on here, oh. and some other stuff. So um, yeah. We'll put up a link. But yeah. That's good stuff. I'm going to have to get the spelling this is, on that from you. I'm telling you, it's Voices Without the I. Voices 8. Voices 8. It's probably Latin. And what's it called again? <laughs> Can you quit? No, the name of the album, <laughs> not the group. Enchanted Isle. Enchanted, Enchanted Isle. Isle. Yeah. Okay, okay, sounds dreamy. Yep, there you go. All right. So my uh, substance shout-out this week, um, a podcast that I have... I found over the last couple months, um, not so much on the faith and theology aspect, but on the culture side, I'm a big movie fan, and Roger Deakins is one of the best cinematographers working today, and he and some of the folks he works with, so the pod- his movie, podcast... What's a movie he made, real quick? Um, Pop. I'm trying to think of something that you've seen. Uh, uh, True Grit, maybe? You didn't like that, though. I did see that. I didn't like it. He does a lot of stuff with the Coen Brothers. But I'm sure Brothers. the cinematography was he pretty works- great. Yeah, he does a lot of Coen Brothers stuff. It's not his fault I didn't like Trigger. Correct. It's yours. <laughs> and your bad taste. <laughs> anyway. No, yes, Revenge. Blah, blah, blah. I know Revenge isn't good. This it's is, a great movie. Welcome to a True Grit review. <laughs> yeah. Revenge is bad. And <laughs> this is people no doing bad things up. prevents Surprise. Trevor from enjoying movies. It's fine. Anyway. I don't like evil, Philip. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm summoning no, no, your no, shout no, no, out. No, 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 no. I almost just went. I almost said something that I would have very much regretted saying into a recording. Okay, <laughs> reset. Roger Deakins is uh, one of the best cinematographers working today, and there's a lot of people in the entertainment industry that have podcasts, YouTube channels, um, etc. But he is legitimately a master of his craft. Hmm. Um, and he puts out episodes on the regular and because he's been working for so long, he gets top notch people, directors, actors, writers, uh, other cinematographers, other people in the entertainment industry who their work goes into creating the final product. Some people who super well known that everybody in the world probably knows some people that some people have never heard of, but who are all really excellent at their portion of the art of storytelling and it's just a super wonderful listen they're usually about an hour or so hour hour and a half they're not too long um and i recently went on a road trip listened to a bunch um the ones i listened to recently that i super look because i i don't listen to it all the way through like i haven't listened to every episode Mm -hmm. but all the names i recognize i've saved a bunch of them and i'm going through those recently listened to um jake gyllenhaal he had on uh, he did Prisoners. I don't think you've seen that. Also might be a good substantive cinema down the road. Um, Denis Villeneuve, who directed Prisoners, and Sicario, and Arrival, and I, I think Roger Deakins said all this. I'm not 100% sure on Arrival. Um, and also Josh Brolin, who was in No Country for Old Men. Also a Coen Brothers movie that you might have seen. No Country for Old Men. Oil movie. <clears throat> right? What? It's an oil movie, right? Hilarious. That's There Will Be Blood. Came out the same year. A lot of people who... A lot of people confuse them. Who are not movie lovers. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Period films that were kind of dark that came out in 2007. There's probably, like, oil adjacent. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. uh, No, Team Deacons. This movie said an oil movie. It's oil adjacent. Oil adjacent. (laughs) No, Team Deacon's podcast is just really wonderful. If you're a film fan, Roger Deakins is great, and his podcast 
is very, very good. If you're a movie fan, mm-hmm. you will love it. And if you're like a fan of storytelling, I think you would like it quite a lot. Either I think you or somebody in your life who's a movie fan who might not be aware of it because he's a cinematographer with a podcast. So awesome. check so, it out, share it if that's something that might interest you. I'm probably cutting half of the comments I made I'm in sure. that shout out. <laughs> You stay There's with an it. oil movie, right? You, you, stay, you stay with it. You stay with it. I was like in you my in head there. before. I was like, it's Trevor. I hope Trevor doesn't <laughs> confuse it with There Will Be Blood. <laughs> and I was like, no country. He's like, yeah, exactly, the oil movie. Exactly yeah. what happened. <laughs> you stepped in that one. Oh, man. So hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope it made you think. And honestly, what we would love is if you shared those thoughts. Tell somebody that you know is close to you, say, hey, like these are some of the things I've been thinking about. This is some interesting ideas, some agreements, disagreements that you might have had, even different related thoughts. When you do that, tag us in that. Let us know Absolutely. and let them know that, hey, uh, I was listening to Substance and it made me think about this thing. And yeah, so when you share and tag us there, we are at the Substance Pod on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. You can find us if you just search Substance Podcast. And that's what we love to see is people who are kind of learning stuff or this is kind of a springboard for their thoughts. So let us know. You can also, if you have uh, questions, comments, feedback, that kind of thing, you can hit us up on our email or phone number. Uh, Substancepod at gmail.com or call, leave us a voicemail at the hotline at 913-703-3883. And we really appreciate everyone who's taking the time to listen. And if you would like to support us, we'd love for you to subscribe. Um, If you enjoyed, leave us a five-star rating. And if you'd like to support us uh, financially, we do have a cash app that is at dollar sign the substance pod. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us this week. And we'll see you next week on the substance. I'm sure you know who Roger Deakins like somebody is. Drew, somebody drove a car in the episode at one point, and, and so therefore, it's oil adjacent, because oh. there's gas. Uh-huh. In the episode of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, the movie, the movie fan. <laughs> that, on one, that one episode season. <laughs> yeah. That one episode season of the movie. <laughs> All right.